Hello, and welcome to the first first episode of the podcast, Anytime, Anywhere. In this show, we will explore any time in history, anywhere in the world. We could go from the beginnings of humanity to the invention of cotton candy. Who knows where we could go? In this first episode, we will be, we will be exploring the rivalry between Athens and Sparta and how it culminated into the Peloponnesian War. Let's start with Athens. Athens was a city founded in the Bronze Age during the Mycenaean period of ancient Greece on the Attica Peninsula. It grew to become an important trade hub in the area, and after the Bronze Age collapse, grew to be the dominant city in the region. People living in Athens did not live very differently from the rest of Greece. They lived in family units called oikos, and they usually owned a slave or were saving up for one. They farmed their own land, and it was considered a lower-class job to work on someone else's land or in a shop. Yet, Athens lived very differently from the rest of Greece in one very important way. Democracy. Athens was the most democratic state in Greece for most of its history, but it wasn't always this way. It was originally ruled by kings, which was then transferred to an oligarchy, and then after the Athenian revolt of... 508 BC. This started the century-long democratic era of Greece until the Peloponnesian War, when the democracy was dismantled. But we'll talk about that later. Athens grew to house 150 to 200,000 people. Some even put up the number up to 300,000 people. It was a big city, the biggest in Greece. The one thing that set it apart from the rest of Athens of Greece was how it looked. The city had a port, the port of Piraeus, but it was not directly connected to it. The city was situated farther inland, while a road and a long wall guarding this road led to the port itself. It was pretty cool looking if you look at it on a map. It looks just like it's running along down to the coastline, and then there's the big port there. It is actually really cool looking. The wall was built to guard any supplies moving in from the port in times of siege or war. This wall and road turned out to be pretty valuable during the Peloponnesian War, but we'll get to that later. Another very famous part of Athens that wasn't introduced until later in its history was its navy. The Athenian navy wasn't built until after the first Persian invasion. Before that, Athens was considered a second-rate power. Despite its victory at Marathon during the first Persian invasion, it still didn't make up for most of its history not having uh, military victories. Despite it being the biggest city in, in Greece, it did not get much respect from their other city-states. It wasn't until the eight-year period between the first and second Persian invasions that Thermistocles, father of the Athenian navy, proposed that they build a great fleet to ward off any Persian invasions from the sea. So it was very convenient when the Persians invaded from the sea in the second invasion, so it all worked out. Athens after the second Persian invasion, had this big old fleet, and they didn't really know what to do with it. And that really affected how the Peloponnesian War turned out. Okay, I think we'll be done with Athens for now, and we'll let's move on to Sparta. 
Sparta, as is commonly known, was a extremely different society from the rest of Greece. It was highly militarized, and when they weren't fighting other people, they were fighting themselves or training to fight other people. It was a really deadly, pokey, stabby environment. In the early days of Sparta, it was founded much like Athens in the Bronze Age when a tribe called the Dorians moved into the region. They were also very different from the rest of Greece in the way that how they handled food shortages. Most Greek city-states opted to found colonies on fertile islands or faraway lands like Sicily or Italy. It was very unusual to just invade your neighbors and seize their food sources and farming capabilities. But Sparta, being the unusual one of the bunch, opted to invade their neighbors to the south and west, and that's how the issues with Spartan citizenship began. Some of the subjects of these conquered territories were turned into perioses. These were essentially second-tier citizens who weren't slaves and could own land and farm it like everyone else, but they didn't have basic rights like Spartan citizens. The less fortunate, which was the majority of the population, were the Helots. These were also subjects of these conquered territories, but they became slaves for life, and their children became slaves for life. They dominated the population of Sparta through most of its history. Actually, through all of its history, they never, they always outnumbered the Spartans. The only reason they didn't revolt was because of the Spartan manpower and just their sheer force. This system caused the main reason for the downfall of Sparta later on. Because Spartan manpower in its city itself were, only if you were born in the city you could become a citizen, steadily declined over its history as more more and more people were born into the Helot system and more and more Spartan citizens were killed in these constant wars and training. This created a big problem though because when you rely more and more on these slaves who have no loyalty to you to fight to fill your auxiliary ranks in war they become restless, and they also learn how to fight, which is a very dangerous combination for slaves if history has taught us anything. Sparta itself held between forty to 50,000 people, which at the time was a big city. But when you compared to Athens, it was a truly minuscule city. This also very much affected how the Peloponnesian War played out. Spartans were also entitled to wear modest clothes and lived in modest homes, despite how much wealth you have. Everyone was entitled to serve in the military, and I mean everyone. Women knew how to fight, women hunted, and even participated in war sometimes. Men were almost always training constantly in their yards, in the fields, wherever they could, they were training for war, and then they were marching off to war. Sparta rarely engaged in diplomatic niceties or trade with the rest of Greece. When they weren't at war, they isolated themselves and trained. The only time a Spartan came out 
into the rest of the Greek world was either when something big was happening, like the Olympic Games, or something big, big democratically was happening, or there was a war, then the Spartans came out. Sparta had always been the military power in the Greek world. From when it was founded through the Persian Wars to the Peloponnesian Wars and long after, they were the supreme military power in Greece. And if you're fighting a land war, if you had the Spartans on your side, you were going to win. There was no mistaking it. I want to talk about how the Persian Wars affected the relationship between the two city-states. During the conflict, both had built up considerable militaries and were not hasty to disband them when they saw how powerful each other were. This caused a, well, let's say, a cold war between the two powers when Athens formed the naval-based Delian League and Sparta formed the land-based Peloponnesian League. This cold war lasted for about... 48 years until the beginning of the Peloponnesian War in 431 BC. Now, the Peloponnesian War was a brutal 27-year-long conflict, so I'm going to go over the major points of this war. The war was a conflict between Sparta and its allies and Athens and its allies, lasting, as I said, 27 long, brutal years. The war began when Sparta laid siege to Athens. Now, this was only a land siege, a naval blockade never happened until the very end of the conflict, and this is how that road and wall I was telling you about earlier came into play, because the Spartans couldn't cut off supplies coming into Athens from the port because of that big wall guarding the road. It may have not have been an immediate saver for Athens early on, but when it came down to it in the biggest war of its life, yeah, it really helped. Now, this confined space, though, didn't help, because no one was really allowed to leave the city very much during this conflict, except for the Olympic Games. So, a plague broke out. Yeah, a plague. A very violent plague ripped through the city, around the middle of the first war. It devastated the population of the city, just devastated it. There were barely anyone left in the city after it ripped through. This caused Athens to change strategy and focused on using its navy to undermine Spartan trade routes and blockade Sparta's allies. These two factors, with the Athenian navy pushing on Sparta and its allies from the sea, and the plague and the Spartan army pushing on Athens from the land, forced an uneasy truce between the two sides in 412 BC. In 413 BC is when the second phase of the Peloponnesian War began. This began when Athens, having recovered from the plague, attacked the Spartan-allied city of Syracuse in Sicily. This was a unmitigated disaster for the Athenians. They lost 50,000 men, which was a large portion of their army, and over 200 ships, which was most of their navy. It was a huge, devastating defeat. 
and they haven't even started fighting the Spartans yet. This defeat began to disenchant many of the Athens allies from the Delian League, and many of them just began to turn on Athens and either defect to Sparta or just become neutral in the conflict. This caused Athens' army, which was never the subject of heavy funding or supplying from the Athenian government, become a small, undersupplied, underpaid force, barely keeping itself together. Alas, the Athenian navy had retreated to the Hellespont, but the Spartans got a navy of their own. Right after the attack on Syracuse, and the Persians noticed that Athens was not doing well, and they decided to support the Spartans in this conflict. So they promptly built Sparta and Navy, which was very surprising to the Spartans and just about everyone else because they could not believe that the Persians were supporting them after they had devastated the Persian military in the Persian Wars. But the Spartans now had a Navy, which was after the Syracuse expedition, the most powerful in Greece. Huh. That's kind of weird. Say that the Spartans were the top naval power in Greece. Weird. The Spartan navy captured the the small remnants of the Athenian navy in the Hellespont, and the Spartan army marched on Athens again. This, combined with a Spartan blockade of the city, led to the Athenian capitulation in 404 BC ending the Peloponnesian War. The terms of the treaty weren't all that terrible, actually. The Athenians had to tear down their walls of their city and port, which were really more morally very damaging, but they got over it over time. The worst, though, was the Spartan forced them to dissolve their democracy, and the Spartans installed 30 Spartan-friendly oligarchs into the city, who would later on be overthrown by the Athenians after their tyrannical reign of power. But that's a story for another day. And that ends our episode on the Spartan and Athenian rivalry. I hope I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.